Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion, drive, patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need for the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Welcome back to Pass Gas. Uh, with you as always, I, I'm i Nolan Sykes. I'm with my two co-hosts. We've got Joe Weber. And <laughs> James Pumphrey, Mo Power Baby. Oh, that's the guy. Okay, that's <laughs> lightning, lightning, lightning. Mo Power Baby. That's why I recognize you, um, <laughs> guys. Mo Power Baby. Uh, you know the guy from the Instagram uh? sticker? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we officially have an Instagram sticker. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Max made it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Anyway, sorry. We are continuing. Our two-part series on the most legendary stuntman of all time. If you thought you liked the last episode, this one's got more power, baby. Oh, boy. There there it is. There <laughs> it is. Uh, Evil Knievel. Yes. Uh, the the jumpsuit-wearing, motorcycle-jumping legend. We learned last week that he's kind of a, a, he's a grifter, a con man, a shyster, but also a, a great athlete. Yeah, and we're gonna see in this episode and a savvy businessman, very savvy businessman. So we're gonna see in this episode how that all came together to make him the man that we know him as. Past gas podcast. It's about cars. It's not about ports. Hey guys, welcome to the Past Gas podcast. If you like Past Gas, please help us grow by giving us a good rating and a nice review on the podcast platform of your choice. It'll really help us out, and I really appreciate that. So thank you. All right. Now for the show. He was an action figure. Yeah. The uh, the wind-up He started He started out robbing people, yeah. <laughs> and then he became an action figure. He's basically Ice-T. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I want <laughs> yeah. I want an Ice-T SVU action figure. That better be a thing. You just pull the string, he goes, that's messed up. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg uh, used to rob people. I bet he's an action figure, like a Transformers action figure or something. Yeah. I bet his chest is, like, way bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they if, use the same chest for a lot of those guys. <laughs> when we inevitably get action figures, James, do you want, mm -hmm. like, a really ripped action yes, figure? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be, like, He-Man. <laughs> you should... James and his lawyer and his yeah. buff lawyer. Yeah. I, it's a dream of mine to just have the buffest lawyer. <laughs> like, I don't even care if he's good at law. I just want him to be too big to button his top button. Yeah. I took a class at LACC. You're hired. <laughs> uh, technically, I'm just a... Uh, what do you call it? A notary? <laughs> I deliver summons. <laughs> just like <laughs> going to meetings with the buffest yeah. lawyer, just like bulging out of a suit. He can't even like sleeveless move his arms. suit. <laughs> yeah, and he like <laughs> makes a shake <laughs> like in the meeting. <laughs> Super disruptive. He's like, I gotta get my calories. I'm bulky. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Don't mind my Huel. Huel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, boy. All right. Well, Evil Knievel was traveling city to city with his stunt show, Evil Knievel, and I forgot what they're called. Uh, we can just call him Evil Knievel because at a certain point he was, like, so far in debt that he just, he was like, I can just do this by myself. And he mm -hmm. kind of fired his whole crew so this is like around. Well, that they time. left. They're just like we're not getting paid, so we're yeah. just gonna like dip. It was fifty thousand dollars in the hole yeah. in nineteen sixty six or whatever. That's like eighteen billion dollars today. <laughs> yeah, yeah don't least. even fact check that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's traveling city to city, each time jumping further and higher on his motorcycle. Ever since his first injury in Missoula, Montana, he had successfully landed nine out of his last ten jumps. Evil was on a roll. He had received a little bit of national attention when he appeared on ABC's Wide World of Sports, but he needed a big stunt to really get his name out there. That's when he started planning a jump over the fountain at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. The glitzy Vegas Strip would be the perfect background for his longest jump yet, 141 feet from ramp to ramp. Uh, there was only one problem. Nobody in Vegas knew who Evil Knievel was. No. They didn't have ABC there. Yeah. <laughs> We're a CBS town, bitch. <laughs> like, what? Uh, not one to give up, Evil called every reporter and news outlet in town and told them that famed motorcycle stuntman Evil Knievel was going to jump the fountain at Caesar's Palace Saturday morning and that they should be there. Then he called the guy who ran Caesar's Palace, posing as a reporter, and asked him if it was true that Evil Knievel was going to jump the fountain. Each time he would call back as a different reporter, he would mispronounce his own name. By the end of the week, the guy who ran Caesar's Palace is basically like, Uh, I don't know who this guy is, but I guess we have to deal with him. <laughs> if I know anything about casinos, that's exactly what the guys who run them sound like. Yeah, like Home Alone 2. <laughs> <laughs> with your stolen credit card. <laughs> Evil had sold the idea before he even knew if the jump was possible. Great, great planning. Uh, he didn't, <laughs> but he didn't let things like reason or physics get in the way of his fame. 
He had a captive national audience, and this time, he was the main attraction. Whatever happened, you knew it was going to be entertaining. And so, on New Year's Eve 1967, surrounded by thousands of anxious fans with cameras fixed on him, Evil screamed down the makeshift wooden runway on his Triumph Bonneville and launched into the air. He cleared the fountain, but clipped the top of the landing ramp on the way down and was flung violently off of his bike. He flew over his handlebars and landed on his back at the end of the ramp. His limp body tumbled over and over again another 120 feet through the Caesars Palace parking lot as his bike bounced next to him. Eventually, both of them came to a stop. Have you seen this footage? Yeah. My God, guys, please, please look up the footage. It is... You, I, I can't believe you survived. You can just see all of his bones just, like, break. Yeah. yeah. He do, He looks, like, from the moment he gets flung, he looks like a uh, crash test Yeah. yeah. Like, he looks like a jelly man. That moment yeah. when the bike lands and he loses control, you can see where he loses control. And how many times, you you guys have, like, been in those situations where you, you're, you're like, like. This is about to be really bad. Yeah, you're like, oh, like, I'm just, like, a meat bag, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> I have dreams like that all the time where I'm, like, because it, it happened a lot in skateboarding because mm-hmm. I love bombing hills. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, I'll I like, in my dream, I, it's more of a feeling than anything, but I'll be, like, a couple feet off the ground going, like, so fast and just have to be, like, okay, what's, what's next? And, like, eventually I wake up before I crash, but it's, like always that tension of like oh god (laughs) (laughs) everyone was whipped into a panic Uh, they feared the worst even his best friends who had seen him crash before thought that he was dead but he was only severely injured and would survive all told he had two broken ankles a broken wrist a crushed pelvis broken ribs and a broken hip In the next month, the media started reporting that Evil had been in a 29-day coma following the crash. But the truth was, he was never in a coma. Uh, That was something he told the press to make it seem more severe. Although he had to spend time in the hospital healing, his showmanship showmanship never took a day off. And that started to pay off. Footage of his crash was playing on every news outlet across the country. He instantly became a household name and made the late-night TV rounds appearing on shows like Johnny Carson and Dick Cavett. Um, I think I would want to be on the Dick Cavett show. He seems like... Like, Johnny Carson would always f*** with people. Dick Cavett was, like, a cool, nice dude. That's what I gleaned from this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> huh. <laughs> Credits were always like, yeah. Dick Cavett seems pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> He's got hair like me. <laughs> Evil wore the fame well. Audiences were intrigued by his bizarre outfit choices and signature cane. Uh, he told story after story of swindling, fighting, and crashing his bike. And America hung on his every word. Instantly, Evil became an icon. He went from wearing black and yellow leathers to a white leather jumpsuit with blue and red stars and a huge number one on his back. He wasn't the cliche motorcycle outlaw wearing all black. He was a shining beacon. <laughs> beacon. He was a shining beacon. A beacon. 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 He was a shining beacon of uh, courage and grit. I'm going to make some beacon. (laughs) The kid that looked up to evil the most was his son, Robbie. 
His son would tour with him and, before jumps, would do wheelies on his tiny motorcycle, pumping the crowd for his dad. Uh, Robbie followed in Evil's footsteps, becoming a stuntman himself. He broke nearly all of his dad's records, but he would never get to the same iconic level that his dad did. So I think, yeah, there's something to be said about when you're so iconic and you have a kid that wants to be you. Yeah. Uh, they did. They never had to go through like the same struggles as mm-hmm. you, and so I think I think that's always like probably rough on them. Yeah, that's why like sure. Bob Dylan's son was Jacob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, but dude, he wrote one headlight. Yeah, great song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know or like Will Smith's son is like Jaden Smith. Yeah, it's like, and he. He's got like a decent flow, but it's like I don't trust anything that's coming out of your mouth. Like he grew up <laughs> yeah, in a house yeah, yeah. that literally has leather carpeting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so true, man. Um, and uh, so the only thing, the only I was trying to think of, like who who lived up to their their mm-hmm. dad's uh, big name, and I think Riley Hawk is like the closest. Tony Hawk's. Song. Yeah. He just came out, like, he could have been Skater of the Year this year. Like, he's amazing. And he's not doing vert like Tony Hawk did, so like, it's a yeah. little bit different. But, like, he's so good. And it's, he, he's, he was like, his own person, um, too. There was that Thrasher water park video that Riley was in that, right? Yeah, and Tony Hawk was yeah, in that. Tony, yeah, Tony did the, the loop, right? Yeah. Yeah, but Riley had some really, really cool shit in yeah, that video. Yeah, he's, like, really a solid skater. And he's, like, on Baker... Which is like Birdhouse is like, you know, World Industries. The all those kind of board companies are just like the. You can buy Birdhouse shirts at Kohl's. Yeah, yeah. it's like the department store brand. But he went for Baker, which is like all the stoners and losers, and I think and and now uh, they made like a Tony Hawk deck for Baker too, which oh, I think sick. is really cool. That's awesome. Um, the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis also. Her mom was in Psycho. Yeah. yeah, and her dad was Tony Curtis. Yeah, her dad was Tony Curtis. His, her dad was Tony Curtis, yeah. yeah. And now she's in freaking yogurt commercials. Yeah. Also, uh, <laughs> who else? Well, uh, lots of actors. Junior, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, almost. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell. for sure. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. Emilio Estevez. Oh, he's a Sheen, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Where did Estevez come from? That's his real name. That's oh. their. Yeah, that's their. Sheen was like a Hollywood name. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The stuff you learn on Pass Gas, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the stunt shows were netting Evil Knievel a very decent chunk of change, but he wanted more. So when Ideal Toys approached him to make a motorcycle toy, he happily obliged. The Evil Knievel toy was a smash hit right out of the gate. Uh, from 1972 to 1977, it made Ideal Toys and Knievel over $125 million. That's uh, $539 million in 2019 oh money. Oh, my wow. goodness. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to figure out a toy. Uh, Evil had dreamed about getting rich ever since his first jump, and now he had finally hit pay dirt. He wasn't ashamed to spend his money. Nice. Yeah. I want to know what he bought. Well, I'll tell you. He bought (laughs) one, but not not one, but two Lear jets, uh, private jets, uh, countless cars, including a Cadillac pickup truck. Basically, like it was like an El Camino with a Cadillac front end. It's so sick. It's bright red. 
He drives it everywhere. <laughs> That's it. It's it, really cool. He built a sprawling estate with a custom gate with the initials EK made of iron. Uh, Knievel bought expensive designer clothes and started partying with celebrities, doing his fair share of drinking and increasing amount of pain pills. That's what, like, the, you know, the risk of breaking every bone in your body. Yeah. You might get addicted to pain pills. Yeah. He was the man of the hour at Dean Martin's Celebrity Roast and was roasted by famous people, famous people such as Don Rickles, Nipsey Russell, and Dr. Joyce Brothers. That's where Nipsey Hussle got his name, huh? Really? Yeah. No, I mean, you just figured that out. <laughs> I don't know who the f- Nipsey Russell is. Uh, he's one of the coolest basketball players of all time. All right, well, f- it. <laughs> uh, I thought I picked these three people. There was like a ton at this roast. Dr. Joyce Brothers is funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just to get roasted by her. Yeah. I'm sure he hated it. <laughs> yeah, he's like sitting there. He's like, I'm going to punch her in yeah. the face. It, well, she's a fake doctor. I've never seen a woman doctor in my life. <laughs> do surgery then. <laughs> do Go it ahead. Right now. <laughs> do it. Oh, yeah, you're like, a doctor? And he breaks his arm. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Fix my arm. Please. <laughs> but there's like a million people at this roast. It's worth a watch, at least for a couple minutes. Uh, Dean Martin is absolutely smashed yeah. and has to give the opening <laughs> opening statement. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> I heard that he faked being drunk. Oh, really? Yeah. And he just have apple juice. That's hard to do Whoa. convincingly. Yeah. I think I wanna... Maybe he said that after people were like, you drink too much. He's like, uh, no, <laughs> I'll just fake it. No, it's apple juice with egg whites on the top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, evil constantly cheated on his wife with other women. As a traveling celebrity that was looked up to, it was very easy for him. Linda and his kids knew it was happening, but there was nothing they could do about it. The evil, per- the evil persona had taken over. And Bob the Family Man was nowhere to be found. I mean, he was, was he really a family man? I mean, he kidnapped her. Yeah. I mean, he, he made kids. <laughs> he had a family and he was a man, so it, yeah. I love that show, Family Man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Carl. <laughs> uh, one particularly violent episode happened at Evil's show at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. A.K.A. No one's mom's house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, she's probably very lovely. She's a lovely woman, and she takes good care of herself. Okay. In March 1972, Knievel was an outspoken critic of the Hells Angels, using his platform to denounce their outlaw ways. And they were not the biggest fans of evil. So, when the announcer at the Cow Palace came over the loudspeaker and said, If evil lands this jump... He'll set the Hell's Angels back 100 years! <laughs> Jesus. What? Like Skeletor's up in the freaking yeah. announcer. That's how bikers talk. No, it's the announcer. Oh. Oh, oh I thought it was a Hell's Angels guy. No, no, no. 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 Uh, if, if evil lands this jump, he'll set the Hell's Angels back 100 years! <laughs> <laughs> so that only added fuel to the fire. As evil was warming up, a hell's angel jumped out of the stands and started flipping him off. Knievel, <laughs> uh, Knievel didn't take to that uh, kindly, um, so he gunned his bike at the guy and laid his bike down, which knocked the dude over. Um, another member of the hell's angels jumped on evil, but his bodyguard knocked the guy off, 
and a brawl ensued. Uh, audience members rushed to uh, Evil's side. Didn't he? He landed the jump, right? Yeah, this is like the is before? practice jump. Oh, my which goodness. Which they, they didn't oh. mention in the documentary. Okay. It's insane that there's this gigantic <laughs> brawl, and then he still has to do this, like, 100-foot jump. Okay, so, right. And a, bra- a brawl ensued. Audience members rushed to Evil's side, punching the gang members and even smashing two-by-fours across their heads. Woo. Six members of the Hells Angels were rushed to the emergency room that night. This event made Evil realize that his words had repercussions and that he might not always have the audience of diehards to protect him. Not a good time. So then after that whole brawl, he had to do the real jump? Yeah, and he landed it. So he set him back 100 years. He, he, he Yeah, I guess he did. Wow. Because uh, they're they're still like... Yeah, they had to stop riding motorcycles because they're not invented yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Law. It was the law. <laughs> they ride horses now. <laughs> You're just like going down like the 110 and just come across a group of like 100 horses and these big dudes with vests yeah. on. They can't use electricity at their house. <laughs> You get close to them and they're like, (laughs) (laughs) they don't know what phones are. (laughs) Uh, A script for a biopic based on Evil Knievel's life was written and the actor George Hamilton was attached to play Evil. When Hamilton met up with Evil at his Sunset Strip Hotel to go over the script, he met a different side of the man. Alcohol and drug abuse, plus the incident with the Hells Angels, had made Evil into a very paranoid and impulsive man that the public never got to see. Evil demanded that George read the script to him, and when George said no, Evil pulled out a gun and put it to George's head and made him read the entire screenplay uh, then and there. It's like putting a gun to, like, Ryan Reynolds' head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get back to more past guests, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion. Drive. Patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need for the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Who would you, like, there should be an Evil Knievel movie. Today? Yeah. Hmm. Who would you cast as Evil Knievel? I feel like... Kevin Costner is old evil. So mm-hmm. it's like the movie starts with him as an old dude. Oh, I wish I would have done this in my life. And then it cuts back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's uh, Chris Pratt. 
Yeah. Chris yeah. Pratt oh, would be Chris, good. So yeah. good. Yeah. And like lovable too would bring mm-hmm. like yeah, an wouldn't be, side. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need the audience to get on board and like him because he does that such awful crap. <laughs> did you, did <laughs> yeah. you guys see um, what was that movie called? We should write that. We should write an evil Knievel yeah, movie. Yeah, no one else gets to write an evil Knievel movie. Dibs. 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 Yeah, dibs. Dibs. We call Dibs. Um, <laughs> what was that movie called? Through the Pines or something? Um, with A beyond. Place Without the Pines. Place Beyond the Pines. Place Beyond the Pines with uh, Ryan, no, Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling yeah. yeah, as the, a stunt guy. The first half of that movie so is so dope. sick. Yeah. And then... And that's not super great, but yeah. like, it's a pretty good. He's so cool. Yeah. He looks good with like blonde hair. He's got like tats. Mm-hmm. He basically looks like uh, me, uh, little peep. I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, great movie, good first half. I thought you were gonna say me, no. or, or, or Maddie Matheson. <laughs> <laughs> I think like sometimes I think I'm trying to go for Ryan Gosling in the place beyond the pines, and I'm just Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a cook in it? No. no, no. He just has blonde hair and tattoos. Uh, so, so I'm like, um, yeah, that's my vibe. But then sometimes I'm like, no, nah. people just see me as like a Guy Fieri. <laughs> I, honestly, Guy Fieri had like somehow brought it around from being like this yeah. corny dude well, to he, being like he respected. leaned into it. You know, yeah. he like accepted that people see him as a meme, and he's just like, all right, if that's the case, well then I'm just gonna yeah, I'm, I'm a human meme. I'm Guy Fieri. Yeah, <laughs> the like, emoji. Yeah, there's no way yeah. I can't be Guy Fieri. Yeah, yeah. But then he goes and marries like a hundred lesbian couples, mm-hmm. and he like catered uh, a bunch of same sex weddings for free. Yeah, it's cool. He's a cool guy. He's cool. The one thing I don't like about Guy Fieri is that all of his cars are the same color. They're yeah. all yellow. Oh god. Mm-hmm. Which is like fine, but I like, love mustard. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of weird. I this think it's boring. You gotta have a you gotta mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie, uh, <laughs> 1971's Evil King Evil, didn't do as well as they hoped. It was full of long, rambling monologues and corny catchphrases, much like this podcast. And uh John George Mo Hamilton. Power, baby. <laughs> George Hamilton failed to capture the larger-than-life essence of evil. The critics hated it, and evil wasn't a huge fan fan either, but it did fuel his ego and inspired him to act in his own follow-up biopic, Viva Knievel. The movie, that movie somehow did worse than the previous one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most surprising thing about it was how bad evil is at acting. That's because acting is really, <laughs> really hard. Uh, during his stunt shows and late-night appearances, his confidence and charisma, they were undeniable. But on the big screen... He failed to deliver. None of his charm translated, and his performance was very, very awkward. (laughs) At least Evil still had his stunt shows to fall back on. As his ego and persona grew, so did the distances he was jumping. He went from 13 cars to 15 cars and two vans to 100 rattlesnakes, and by the mid-70s, he was regularly jumping over 100 feet. Uh, During this time... He only used one kind of motorcycle, a Harley-Davidson XR750. This 82-horsepower beast was developed for dirt track racing and had a top speed of 115 miles per hour. At nearly 300 pounds, one thing it definitely wasn't made for was jumping. But considering some of the other bikes Evil jumped were 500 pounds, the XR750 was an improvement. This would be his bike of choice until he retired. For a while... He was successfully jumping 10 Mack trucks lined up side to side. Evil was in peak form around 1974, which is when he announced that he would jump the Grand Canyon. That Grand Canyon's big, dude. Yeah. 
This can't be more than 100 feet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If people thought there was any ounce of self-preservation left in him, all that had gone out the window. At this time, he was truly a living legend that was doing stunts no one thought was possible. So it was completely feasible that he could actually achieve this jump. But he ran into a problem pretty quickly. Evil and his team spoke to the Secretary of the Interior, Rogers C.B. Morton. And according to Evil, Morton signed off on the jump, only to go back on his word a short time later. This didn't sit well with uh, with Knievel, who wasn't the type to take no for an answer, obviously. So, Yeah, he kidnapped his wife. (laughs) So they looked at comparable gorges and settled on Snake River Canyon in Idaho. To make sure no one from the government could put a kibosh on the jump, Evil leased the land on either side of the river. The distance from side to side was 1,200 meters, so it was going to take more than a motorcycle to clear it. Wait, James, your brain's a calculator. How many like feet is that? Uh, 3,900. <laughs> <laughs> 30, that's 3,900 feet. Yeah. That is 0. 0.75 miles. Wow, Dang. I can't believe you did that off the top of your head. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. I blacked out. Where are we? <laughs> oh, my nose is bleeding. Whoa, it really oh, is. 11. <laughs> uh, Evil's idea was to strap on... A strap into an open cockpit rocket and launch himself over. Only no one had, no one on his crew had any experience with rockets. So they hired some, quote, rocket guys who designed a steam powered missile. Yeah, I can, uh, I can design a rocket for you. (laughs) Well, before this, didn't they have an idea to like put rockets onto his motorcycle? I think so. Yeah, like they just put like they, there's these little rockets they use to, like, help planes take off in short distances, and uh-huh. they just strap two of those to a Harley-Davidson, mm-hmm. and, that like, the Harley would not be able to hold those things. They would shoot off. Yeah, they would just shoot off. So they went with the steam rocket idea. <laughs> hey, this is kind of a off-topic, but I watched Tokyo Drift last night. Mm-hmm. And Great film. Best, a, maybe the best one. I really like it. I think Han's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, for a split second, they show in Han's garage an orange motorcycle with two Nas tanks on the side of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then they never do anything with it. Chekhov's motorcycle. You got to use that motorcycle if you show it off, you know? Yeah. Oh, dude. It'd be cool if it came back in Fast 9. Ooh. Oh, they should. Yeah. They're like, hey, remember that motorcycle we hinted at <laughs> 10 years ago? Yeah. You're finally going to see it. Oh, God. Finally. We've been wondering what it was this whole time. <laughs> All right, so uh, Evil, according to, according to the team's projections, Evil would need thousands of pounds of steam-powered thrust to achieve close to 350 miles an hour in just a few seconds to clear the canyon. Then his parachute would deploy, and he would float safely back down to Earth, landing on the other side of the canyon. Solid plan. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty insane, even for a seasoned, seasoned vet like Evil. Every day, more and more people gathered around the launch uh, ramp site, staking their spot to watch the historic jump. Soon, thousands of people were camped out. Organizers set up food and beer stands. News crews set up shop. 28 different motorcycle clubs showed up. And as food and beer supplies started running out, things started to get a little out of hand. There were fights, fires, and general mayhem. 
Uh, the motorcycle clubs tipped over semis full of beer and looted them, then set the containers on fire. The chaos got so intense that one of the organizers had to call on the National Guard, who took one look at the situation and told Evil's crew, you're on your own. Evil's crew sent... Wait, you're not allowed to say that. <laughs> no. That's like the last resort. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Woodstock 99. Yeah. Basically. The funniest thing to come out of all this was like, at, kind of at the peak mayhem, uh, a m- high school marching band oh showed up and started playing, <laughs> and started playing and like marching, and like the motorcycle clubs just like split them up, and there's like people like marching <laughs> off, and like uh, one tuba player, like all these hell, these not hell's angels, these motorcycle clubs started stuffing shit into his tuba, like beer bottles and bras and stuff. <laughs> Uh, so while all that was going on, uh, Evil, <laughs> Evil's crew uh, sent a few test versions of the X-2 Sky Cycle rocket over the canyon. Uh, those fell short, which made the growing crowd question if the launch would actually work. But it was just a ploy. It came out later that Knievel instructed the rocket t- crew to intentionally underpower the rocket to increase the drama. Evil had also had a gravestone constructed for the same reasons. Let, like they're gonna just bury him out there. <laughs> yeah. Better be ready. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the rule. I can't think of like a worse place to be buried. Like, yeah. just imagine if it didn't. Like, if you go over, he crashes. They recover the body. There's thousands <laughs> of drunk people around, and they're just like, "We're just gonna bury him here." And then I'll help you, Dick. <laughs> like, actually, you probably. Dig a pretty deep grave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. Although these gimmicks were just macabre theater. I put a couple words in here just to f*** with <laughs> Evil was genuinely concerned he wouldn't make it. This would be the longest jump he had ever done in a vehicle he had never even used before. People around Evil said that he was increasingly nervous the day of the jump. Yeah, I would be too. Uh, and this wasn't his usual confident self, but there was no way he could back out of this one. And one of the producers made sure of this by hiring guards armed with shotguns to intimidate Knievel in case he changed his mind. That guy's a shit too. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> the day of the Snake River jump had come. Evil was unusually quiet. The crowd watched patiently at the edge of the canyon as news crews from all over the country went live. Evil hugged his crying kids and was lifted. Can you imagine? Just like your dad's like, all right, I'm going to go get in that rocket now. Guess I'm just going to do this. (laughs) I have to do this. Um, Yeah, so he's lifted by Sky Basket. He's like in this basket thing. Uh, This crane lifted him and carefully placed him. Just the placement made me nervous. Because they're like 30 feet off the ground. And he has to like get his legs in and then get them higher than his like head it's crazy lay lay back into it super super sketch yeah he got into the sky cycle rocket the countdown began and steam started shooting out of the tail end and suddenly evil and his rocket were airborne after only a few seconds his parachute prematurely deployed and the rocket stalled out it started floating towards the middle of the river and the crew thought that evil might drown but luckily, a strong headwind blew Evil and his rocket back onto the banks of the river. On the launch side, he survived with only a broken nose. 
Fucking nuts. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> that that fucking guy, man. No one knows exactly what went wrong that day. Uh. <laughs> but the theory is, is that Evil pulled the shoot early because he wasn't confident the rocket would make it. One of the producers of the stunt knew that Evil was going to try and blame the crew who he believed had made the proper calculations. So he got out ahead of it and told the press that Evil had pulled the shoot himself. It didn't matter, though. The already underwhelming event was overshadowed by another event that happened the same day uh, President Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon. So, I mean, we still don't really know what happened, right? They they are very murky. The one thing about this documentary is they're very conscious about offending his estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's pretty obvious that he did pull it. Because mm-hmm. he was so nervous. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why he pulled it then when he was right over the river. <laughs> if you, like, in our biopic, are we going to have him pull it or not pull it? I think it's going to be like, did Han Solo shoot first? I know. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. Uh, you can, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment uh, below. Did he pull it or did he not pull it? And if you're listening to this on a podcast... If you're driving, get your phone out and give us a review right now while you're driving. <laughs> Honk twice if you think you pulled it. <laughs> yeah. I, because I, there's like, a, in the documentary, they kind of posit that maybe like there was like a malfunction and like the, the mechanism that launched the parachute, like, you know, failed. Because it had failed once in a, a test yeah. shot. So, like, I don't think he pulled it. I think that. Like, there's so many times that this guy could have died on one of his previous stunts, mm-hmm. you know? Like, what what would change in this one? There's no shoot to pull on a motorcycle. That makes it even crazier. Yeah, I know, but he didn't never had the option. The mm, only thing I can... bailing. Yeah, that's true. The only thing I can understand is, like, the mechanism was, uh, like, there was so much G-force mm-hmm. that I think it could have possibly just, like, popped open. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I'd say that's the most... Likely. That's so how in I, our movie. I mean, that's how I, I don't want think it. He's gonna pull it. No, no. I mean, that's how I want it to be. I want it to. I don't want to believe that he would pull it. Uh-uh. You know. Can we please get someone other than Matt Damon to play Evil King? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Matt Damon. Chris Pratt. Oh Chris yeah, Pratt's Chris Pratt's really good. Because he'd be funny too. Yeah. And I bet Evil Knievel was really funny. Is like t- in person. I, I bet we can make yeah. Chris Pratt act like. We haven't really seen Chris Pratt act like a dick either. Mm-mm. You know, we could make that happen. I think that'd be a real like watershed moment yeah. for his yeah. kind of style. Yeah, you know? is Timothy Chalamet to Meek? <laughs> Who's he? Yeah, no, it's got to be a barrel-chested guy. <laughs> what about Eddie Redmayne? <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? He's great. We'll be right back with more of this story, but first, a word from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So one of the last stunts that Evil Knievel performed happened in May 26, 1975 at Wembley Stadium in London, England. London, England. Wembley. Wembley. <laughs> he wasn't as well known there yet, and the show only sold 3,000 of the 90,000 possible seats at the stadium. No, no, I'm not really interested in seeing that tonight. I don't want to see a man. Come on, you tea-sipping <laughs> asshole. No, I don't no. think I want to watch a man kill himself. Kill himself. What? What's his name? Evil... Evil, uh, evil Neville. Evil is, Neville. That don't sound very no. fun. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, there's a rugby game. <laughs> I'm going to go watch rugby. I don't want to see a man get hurt, but I will watch rugby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to put e- uh, to put butts in seats, uh, Evil did the only thing he knew how to do. Some reckless shit. At the first prefer- press conference he held in London before the jump, the first thing Evil Knievel said was... I'm so glad we came here and won the war for you. <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> After the You're supposed to dro- actually drop the mic. You don't say that. Oh, sorry. I wrote this down earlier in the hotel, <laughs> complete with stage directions, and then I'm nervous, so I read them. After the press conference, 80,000 tickets were sold. They're probably like, I want to see this guy f- yeah. fail. Yeah, now I would like to see him die. <laughs> <laughs> now that he yes. said that. Uh, the Wembley jump was going to be one of the biggest Evil had ever attempted. Lined up side by side were 13 buses, which was a gap of 120 feet. He ripped down the runway, took off, and cleared 12 buses. <laughs> uh, this was one of the most brutal cl- crashes Evil ever experienced. He bounced off the 13th bus, 13th bus straight over the handlebars. Um, <laughs> after that, it was... <laughs> 150 yards of tumbling and snapping until the bike landed on him. When two crew members run uh, uh, ran up to help him, they tried to lift the motorcycle off of him, and one of them accidentally turns the throttle. Uh, yeah, the, the back wheel starts spinning inches away from Eel's face until they're finally able to get the bike off of him. That's Whenever you see motorcycle accidents, there's like a lot of them, a surprising <laughs> amount, have 
people just like grabbing the throttle. Yeah, because you're not thinking. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like literally this yeah. far. That's a scary clip for sure. Uh, Evil demanded that his crew help him stand up, and reluctantly, they did. Evil uh, was handed a microphone, and the first thing he said was, uh, I got to tell you, you are the last people in the world who will see me jump because I will never, ever jump again. <laughs> the stadium was shocked for two reasons. One, that he was retiring, and two, that he was conscious and standing up able to talk. Knievel had suffered a broken hand, fractured pelvis, and a concussion. He was also burned very badly from when the motorcycle landed on top of him. Despite his injuries, he called NBC from the hospital to tell them not to run his quote because he was going to do another jump. The King's Island Jump of October 15, 1975, is the longest successful jump Evil ever made. 14 Greyhound buses at a distance of 131 feet. He started tipping backwards in the air, and by the 14th bus, his bike was basically vertical, but he landed on the back tire and rode away clean. You guys got to watch this clip, Kings Island, because it is one of the sketchiest landings I've ever seen. He looks like the toy. Like, yeah. When yeah. you see the toy, it's just like, <laughs> and then it somehow lands. He never, like, he didn't do practice jumps, so he never learned how to, like, <laughs> you know, control the bike in the uh -huh. air. Uh, Jeremiah had a good point about it where he's like every like motocross rider nowadays like granted they're different bikes mm -hmm. but like the whole controlling your your bevel in the air uh -huh. is so important like yeah if you're like on throttle then you go like more vertical yeah and if you're off then you go more yeah if, if you press the back brake you start to pitch forward yeah, yeah you can use the gyroscop gyroscopic you know, force of those mm -hmm. wheels to kind of like pitch you around, which is sick. Yeah, yeah. so sick. Yeah. <laughs> Knievel became increasingly paranoid and violent during this time. He got really into guns. Uh, when his friend and promoter Shelley Saltman released a biography on Evil that was less than flattering, uh, Evil came up to him and beat him with an aluminum baseball bat while bodyguards held Saltman. He ended up serving six months in prison for his crime. There's a kind of a crazy part of this where he negotiate. Of course, he negotiates like work release, mm -hmm. but he would literally have a limo pick him up from the prison and drive him to a bar for eight hours. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and then uh, I think he kind of got in trouble or something, or like the prisoners started, other work release prisoners started like complaining about it. So then he hired limos for all of those other work release prisoners <laughs> what a fun day yeah. like that makes prison just like all right for six months you gotta sleep in this crappy apartment <laughs> all right uh, <laughs> do i have to like go to work or anything nope don't don't cut you can hang out of the bar if yeah you limo will pick you up <laughs> whatever bar you want uh, after this incident he lost the toy deal with ideal toys and his revenue stream dried up uh, the house was repossessed. His Learjets and car uh, cars were sold. Evil was about to hit rock bottom. I mean, if you sell two Learjets, you're like rich again. <laughs> They're really expensive. Yeah, I don't understand. He's got a lot of stuff that you yeah. can sell. Just have a big garage sale. Well, I mean, you just think about all this. Like you see in the documentary, like he has insane clothing, mm -hmm. all the cars. Like 
you gotta be financially like responsible. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a ton of money, you can still blow all that money. You know? Yeah. And you appear to be rich, but you're really not because mm-hmm. now all your assets are. Yeah, he's cash poor. Yeah. I think it's really funny that he's uh, this macho figure, but one of his biggest idols was Liberace. That's awesome. And he loved how Liberace dressed. (laughs) But like back then, like Liberace wasn't. Yeah, they didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so like. uh, Wow, he must get so many chicks. (laughs) 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 Uh, I love the clip of uh, Evil going onto the Johnny Carson show. And he's got that crazy fur coat. Oh, and he's got yeah, all like, these rings, and he just—he looks like a he cane. looks so cool. And he—he he gives, oh man, the perfect like summation of his character. He walks out, like struts out, throws his mink coat on the ground, and he says, "Oh, I got a—I uh, know Ed McMahon's a lush, so I got a present for him." <laughs> he unscrews the top of his cane, and out comes this like glass tube of whiskey. <laughs> and he just hands it. To Ed <laughs> <laughs> it's insane, man. Uh, we should start dressing like that. Just <laughs> fur coats. Yeah, yeah, well, fur dude, coats next year at the streamies, we got to do something oh, crazy yeah. like yeah. that for sure. Like this year, I rolled up with like <laughs> Levi's and like a sweater. It's next better to be underdressed than overdressed. That's what Casey Neistat told me in the bathroom. Yeah, me and Casey got a lot in common. Yeah. We both go to the bathroom, (laughs) (laughs) and we both said that. (laughs) Uh, Evil had one more major accident in 1977 when attempting to practice a jump over a tank of 13 sharks. Uh, Knievel fractured his collarbone and right arm and blinded a cameraman when they collided. This was officially the last jump of his career. There were two more scheduled, but he was in so much pain from a lifetime of injuries that he called it quits. Evil Knievel, in total, broke 433 bones in his career, which makes him the Guinness World Record holder for most broken bones in a lifetime. I bet someone's broken more. Really? I bet. This, uh, I did... Like Mr. Glass... Yeah, the the the, the historical fake, figure, <laughs> Mr. Glass. <laughs> so remember him? Yeah, <laughs> he broke a lot of bones. I think uh, he broke more because that record is from 1975, mm-hmm. but it still stands. They just stopped counting after 19, 1975. Wow. So obviously he had another jump in 77. Yeah, where wow. he broke more bones. Oh wow! So we'll never know, I guess. Uh, his life in the 1980s was one of relative obscurity, but his brand got an unexpected boost in the early 90s when he became the spokesman for Harley Davidson, Little Caesars, and Maxim Casino. Nice. Pizza, pizza. Yeah, eat some pizza, baby. <laughs> I'm going to jump this pizza. <laughs> Evil was not one to lay idly by. He took up a much less dangerous sport, golf. Of course, he was really good at it and was ma- able to make some extra income by hustling other golfers. Uh, Linda uh, finally divorced him after 40 years of marriage, but Evil remarried just a year later to a woman named Crystal Kennedy, whom he had been dating for seven years prior. He had another kid with her while he was in his early 60s. Uh, so, yeah, still still uh, a healthy male. Uh, Evil's health started <laughs> declining. Oh, that's, uh, a, that's what I call a healthy male. <laughs> a virile male. Uh, and his lifetime of crashes caught up with him. 
Uh, Robert Craig Knievel passed away November 30th, 2007 at the age of 69. Nice. It's so nice. <laughs> but what finally what but what finally took him down? It wasn't crashing to earth at 80 miles per hour from high up in the air. It was lung disease. So quit smoking, kids. Yeah, don't, don't, smoke. don't smoke. You look dumb and you stink. Uh, can you imagine how awful it must be to be like in your 60s after breaking 400? Oh my god! And 33 bones. Yeah, like just like, oh, like just the worst pain. Yeah, just aches. I heard somewhere that Travis Pastrana has like the body of like a 65 year old now. And he's oh, like I believe it. Just in his 30s, yeah, for sure. That's got to be so tough. It's yeah. just like that's your. I guess you you have a like a brand by then. Mm-hmm. You could sell shoes or whatever. Yeah. But man, should have been a Bayer Aspirin spokesman. <laughs> hey, I'm Clint Eastwood for Bayer Aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, Evil Knievel. He was able to make amends with his family before his death. He did that classic Christian thing, <laughs> just. Apologizing to everyone right, uh, right before a week died. before he died. Yeah. yeah. The last feature he did was with uh, one Richard Hammond. Um, and of course, Evil's uh, legacy inspired Jackass, uh, Travis Pastrana. Yeah, Nitro Circus. Yeah, pretty much like every. And, and the most famous out of all of them, the Dudesons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No man, like I mean, his legacy is still like still to this day. You know, oh, yeah. still super. And, like, you know, everyone. That we work with grew up watching Jackass. Totally. Yeah. I am a Jackass. You, know? you smell like one. Yeah, I smell like No, a you don't. You smell great. No one smells great. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, complicated guy, but not in the same way as, like, he was a, he was a jerk. He yeah. seems like, you know, a jerk. But, like, at least he didn't build a factory in the rainforest. Right. At least, people. yeah. Yeah. He, at least he wasn't, like, hurt, hurt. I guess. That cameraman he blinded oh. was like the only person. But other than that, like all the harm was just done to himself yeah. and his family. Yeah, mm-hmm. which of course yeah. has no repercussions. Yeah, they all forgave him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's looking down on us, really proud. So yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah. Um, so thank you uh, to everyone who's listened. If you're listening to this in your car um, and you're like, what do those guys look like? Well, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, It's a new second channel just dedicated to podcasts. It's called Donut Podcasts. That's right. Uh, Follow Donut on social media at Donut Media. Follow James at James Pumphrey. Follow Joe at Dark underscore webinar. Follow me at Nolan J. Sykes. And uh, guys, this Wednesday, if you're in Los Angeles, Joe and I are going to be at the Comedy Store this Wednesday, January 22nd, at in the belly room at the Comedy Store. Show starts at 8 p.m. I'm not very experienced, so it's going to be interesting. But It'd be fun to get a lot of people in the room because comedy shows are not fun when there's four people just staring at you. Yeah, so please come out. Tell them that you're here to see Nolan and Joe. You got to tell them, otherwise, I mean, look, comedy clubs are a business. It's a hustle. They need people to buy drinks. And if they know that our fans are buying drinks, they're going to invite us back more. Dude, you're just going to rock it to the top of, like, (laughs) (laughs) stand-up. Like, you're walking into, like, your first stand-up show with, like, 2.7 million fans. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Belly Room Comedy Store, please come. That'll be really fun. Uh, Yeah. So, thank you again for listening to Pass Gas. Um, Make sure you tune in next week. Okay, bye.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.